Welcome to Preaching and Preachers, a weekly podcast devoted to those who preach and to the task of preaching itself. I'm your host, Jason Allen, president of Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Today, I want to welcome Dr. Tim Cooper to the podcast. Dr. Cooper serves as professor of church history at Otago University in New Zealand. Recently, Dr. Cooper worked on a newly updated and abridged version of Richard Baxter's The Reformed Pastor that was released in July of this year. Dr. Cooper, welcome to Preaching and Preachers. Thank you, Jason. It's uh, it's a pleasure to chat with you uh, about Richard Baxter. Yeah, it's a delight. And boy, when I saw this book out here in recent months, and uh, of course from our friends at Crossway, I thought this would be a fantastic conversation to have on my podcast. And I was just pleased to see this book updated and uh, and re-released. Uh, before I get to uh, the question I'm, I'm, I'm dying to ask you, and that is the why, what drew you to this project, uh, give us first a word of update on your ministry and on your family and perhaps any other writing projects before you. Uh, thanks, Jason. So um, in, in terms of my uh, vocation, I teach at a, a state-funded university here in New Zealand. Uh, in my personal life, I, I'm the husband of one wife and uh, the father of four children. Uh, I'm part of uh, a local Baptist church, and uh, I have been on the leadership team of that church in the past. I have had pastoral experience myself, uh, but my current responsibilities are that I preach once a month in the church, uh, and that's that's the main shape of my life. Well, praise God for that, and thank you for your work. So I'm curious, what drew you to this project? Well, I've, uh, uh, I'm a professional historian and Richard Baxter is my guy. I've, uh, I've spent my career studying Richard Baxter, uh, writing about him, um, him and publishing him. Uh, but I, so far, I've been doing that work for an academic scholarly audience, which is not a large one. Uh, and I thought it's about time that I did something with Baxter and for Baxter that put him in the reach of a larger number of people and in the reach of contemporary Christians. Uh, and and so that's, that's why I turned my mind to a, a project like this. Uh, but I chose the Reformed Pastor in particular because if there is any one book in the English language that every pastor should read about being a pastor, it's the Reformed Pastor. So it was a, it's, a, it's a classic text. It, it is still in print. Um, the, the original version is un, inaccessible and, and largely unreadable. Even those versions in print are still far too long and complex. Uh, Baxter was just a, a great writer. He's fabulous, but he does go off on tangents. Uh, he gets involved in controversies that really don't interest us anymore. And he, he just goes on too long. He, he repeats himself. Uh, so I wanted to make this classic work available to a new generation of pastors and Christians uh, so that we could hear uh, his message uh, for pastoral ministry. And I think it's a message that we, we still need to hear. And I, I really am very pleased uh, that Richard Baxter is, if you like, still in the publishing industry uh, nearly four centuries on. I just, I think it's great to see him out there again in, in what I hope is a fresh, accessible and, and easily read version. So I want to position you to um, kind of speak into a couple of different big categories to shape our conversation today. And the first big category is, who was Richard Baxter? So Richard Baxter was a, a leading 17th century English 
Puritan. He was born in 1615. He died in 1691. Uh, he was closely involved in in many of the main events in what was a very tumultuous century for the English people and for English Christians. Uh, it involved a civil war, uh, a republic, uh, and then a restoration and uh, a, a tremendously interesting and, and complex time. And and Baxter was a leader of of the Puritans. So the Puritans were those who really took their Christian faith seriously uh, and urgently, and and it really did did shape their life and their convictions in a deeply, deeply profound way. Uh, he he wrote a hundred and forty books in the course of his life, some of them very long. Uh, so he 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 was a, a just a prolific writer and author, and he was well known for his books. Uh, many of them were bestsellers in their day. Uh, he was famous for his pastoral ministry in his parish of Kidderminster uh, in the county of Worcestershire in the Midlands in England. So he's he's famous for a method he developed of pastoral ministry that was super effective. He basically turned the town around. He he we we might use the language of revival. He saw revival in Kidderminster, and it, and it's through his dedicated, careful pastoral ministry that he brought that about and came to national prominence. So. He's he's very well known um, as a as a, a, an author, as a Puritan and a religious leader, and and as a very effective pastor and preacher. Now you said several times that this book deserves a current reading. You're delighted to see it updated and more broadly distributed in this new format. Give us the why of why is this book so important? Why did this book need to be reissued in the year 2021? Uh, I I think because he. He speaks from a different place and a different culture and a different time, and he speaks with a voice that we need to hear. So I, I was careful in the book to to smooth out the language in the sense of, of reconstructing sentences a little and removing those awkward verb endings that we're not familiar with, uh, taking out the King James language, if you like, because that's the language that has spoken in the day. But, but they are his words still. I, I didn't want to replace his words with mine. It's not a paraphrase. These are his words, and and they 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 just are slightly different from what we're used to hearing, and they come with a different set of convictions. So, if I were to generalise, I would say that that in the West today, in Western countries, Christians live in a culture of uh, of comfort, uh, a culture of consumerism, a culture of celebrity, and. And if we're not careful, we simply buy into that culture around us. Baxter, being a Puritan from 17th century England who lived through a civil war and all of the trauma that entailed, uh, he speaks with a different voice. He, he doesn't speak in a culture of comfort and, and, and he presents a challenging voice. He was challenging to the ministers of his own day. He was directly setting out to issue a challenge to English ministers. Um, and boy, he challenges us. And I, I just think we need to hear that challenge again, because there aren't many voices in our own culture that are giving us that kind of challenge. So I, I think it's not easy reading. Like I've tried to make the text very accessible and easy to read, but what Baxter says is is a quite a confronting message. He sets a high bar 
for pastoral ministry. There, there is no one who thinks more highly of the value and importance and the internal significance of pastoral ministry than Richard Baxter. And so what comes through in the book are those very strong convictions and that, that deep heart and the high call. This is a book that, that presents to us the high call of pastoral ministry and urges us to, to try in a, 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 with, the, with the help of God's spirit and, and by his grace to, to meet that responsibility that has been laid on us as pastors. Now, there is often a, um, a misidentification with this book based upon its title. People see the Reformed pastor and think the book is all about Reformed theology and being a pastor who is Reformed in his theology. And that's the argument of the book. But that's not really what the book's about. Tell us. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, that's a great question. Um, so, yeah, what does the word reformed mean? Um, uh, you know, we, we, we could replace it with a word like the authentic pastor, the, the genuine pastor, the, the, the pastor who is doing his or her work really well according to the scriptural mandate for pastoral ministry. So so in this book, Baxter is working with a particular verse. It's Acts 20 verse 28. It's Paul's speech to the Ephesian elders where he says, he says, take heed unto yourselves and to all the flock, all the flock, uh, first to yourselves and then to all the flock. And so uh, this book is really an exposition of that verse and its implications. So we shouldn't be put off by the, the label of reformed. It's it's not about reformed theology. It's about a pastor who is going back to the Bible and and working with the text of the Bible to regain a fresh vision of what pastoral ministry is and then take that and apply that in in his or her own day. Now, the way Baxter applied it in his day may not be the way that we can apply it in our day particularly, but that that that's incidental. What what matters is that conviction that we have been given a huge charge, a, a, a grave responsibility, and how are we going to be faithful to that call in our own pastoral context? And that, that's, that's what he's trying to get at with the idea of a reformed pastor. So help us to understand, in as much as we can know, what prompted Baxter to write this book initially? He, he was prompted to write it uh, for a couple of main reasons. One is that he had put into practice this method of of pastoral visitation. So one one of his key convictions is that pastors need to know every member of their congregation personally so that they could fulfill that call of taking heed unto all the flock. And and for Baxter, that word all was, was critical. A pastor needs to know the pastoral needs of his or her people. And uh, and so Baxter's method was for him and his assistant to spend two days a week into the evening meeting for an hour with each family in the parish who would who would prepare to come and see them and to talk through the faith and and to gauge their knowledge and understanding of the faith and work out what issues they were they were grappling with in their own lives. And and Baxter found that that method coupled with very effective preaching 
um, that method is what transformed his parish. So he's super excited because he he feels that he's he's latched onto a method that is that is a lot of hard work, but very very effective in in, in bringing about reformation or revival. Uh, and so he's excited to bring that to a national audience. But as I've said, he's also challenging them. He's he's explicitly and intentionally setting out to to challenge what he sees as the as the laziness and the and the indifference and the and the wrong priorities of so many of the ministers that he saw uh, within the Church of England. So he, he's he's wanting to um, wanting to present a vision for what pastoral ministry can be in 1650s England, uh, but also to challenge uh, his fellow ministers and challenge himself uh, with that high call of what of what genuine, authentic pastoral ministry requires of us. So you've alluded to some of these already, but give us a sense of like the major emphases that Baxter wants to make, the major, the primary lessons that the reader will pick up on? Sure. Yeah, good question. So, I mean, one of them is that that essential conviction that that pastors should know their flock. And, and that's a real challenge in an age of the megachurch, uh, to think through what it means for pastoral leaders to to know their flock individually and personally. So that's that's one of his main, main messages. Um, another major emphasis is that each one of these people under our care is just a heartbeat away from eternity. So, so Baxter uh, places a great weight on the eternal destiny of each soul under his care and, and is determined that he will go to every possible length to secure the eternal salvation and well-being uh, of those souls under his care. So, um, so there's a sense of eternity uh, that lies behind what Baxter is saying. Uh, he, Baxter was a great preacher. Uh, he must have been. Um, and preaching is, a, is of a really, really high value for him. But he, he recognized that, that preaching wasn't enough. It wasn't enough just to get up on a Sunday morning and, and, and preach a sermon to the congregation and think, I have fulfilled my responsibilities. Well, essentially, what he's saying is that, that we need to be preaching many sermons individually uh, or through the week to the people under our care. In other words, tailored messages to their particular needs and circumstances. So he wants to challenge us to go beyond just preaching uh, to the full uh, range of providing individual soul care to those under our charge. And I think another uh, message that comes through is a typical Puritan emphasis on the deceitfulness and insidiousness of of sin. Um, sin is a, is a deceitful enemy. And, and, and what's really interesting about this book is that Baxter doesn't start with the people we're caring for. Baxter starts with the pastor and leaders and and their own sinfulness and the deceitfulness of their own heart that can get in the way of their own uh, responsibilities and, in fact, lull them into thinking that they're succeeding when really they're failing. And that's that, that makes it a really challenging, confronting book to read. Um, but I think that's part of that message that we just need to hear and, and be confronted with and just say, what, what, what in there do we need to own? Um, when I, as I look inside, 
can I see those sort of sinful dynamics that Baxter talks about so eloquently? And uh, given, you know, the the human nature that we all share, pastors or not, uh, I think there is something to be said for that. So for those who would read the book, in particular, I'm thinking about local church pastors, uh, what would this book have to say, and, and beyond this book, what would Baxter have to say uh, by way of encouragement for the preaching and teaching responsibilities of ministers? Yeah, as I've said, preaching is super important for him. Uh, some of the books that he published were basically his sermons published. So you actually get to hear how Baxter preached to uh, his congregation. Preaching is a really, really high value. Uh, and and during his time at Kidderminster, uh, the, the congregation just grew and grew. They had to build extra galleries of seating just, just to fit in um, the extra people. And and preaching was at the heart of that. But, but what, what Baxter brings to preaching from the method he's putting forth in this book is an intimate knowledge of the the pastoral needs of the people you're preaching to. So uh, there is nothing uh, academic or, or detached or, or remote in Baxter's preaching. He 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 was dealing with all of his parishioners individually at least once a year, and uh, and getting a very very good sense of the kind of issues they were confronting and and the gaps in their knowledge and and how he how he needed to build their understanding of the faith and and all of that rich data if you like flowed into his preaching and informed his preaching so it, it's it's preaching that is is deeply rooted not just in the scriptures but in the lived experience uh, of his parishioners, his congregation, uh, heading out into their worlds, whatever that looked like on a Monday morning. That, uh, this is preaching that was connected to life as they knew it in Kidderminster. I've sought to play this interview and this conversation, you know, just rather straight with you, Tim, and not really tip my own hand as far as my personal really affinity for Richard Baxter. And he came into my life as a young man in college and uh, the Reformed pastor I remember given to me in college, the very early days of ministerial exploration on my end. And he's just been a steady, a mainstay. And uh, that's for good reason. As I hold this book in my hand, uh, recently released with Crossway, The Reformed Pastor by Richard Baxter, originally released in 1656. So you know, more than 350 years ago. Some listening to this conversation may wonder how relevant the materials are for the 21st century pastor. What would you have to say in response to that question? Oh, uh, it's deeply relevant because the scriptures are the same. The gospel is the same. Uh, eternal prospects are the same. And the patterns of sin and human fallenness are the same. Uh, and the Puritans had a, a shrewd understanding of all of those dimensions. And, and so the, this, is, uh, this is as relevant now uh, as it was when Baxter wrote it. Um, it's, and, and it's even more relevant in the sense that it comes from a time and a place far removed from our own. Because as I've said earlier, Baxter speaks with a voice that we've lost, I think, uh, and a voice that we need to hear. It doesn't mean that we need to agree with everything Baxter says, and it doesn't mean that we need to apply what he's saying in the way that he applied it. But we do need to hear it and take it seriously and wrestle with it 
and work out what the implications are going to be for us before God in our own pastoral context uh, in the 21st century. And I, I think far more, for all the differences, we've got far more in common uh, than we have that sets us apart. So th- this is this is still uh, this is still a genius of a book. And and what I've what I've tried to do in it is just capture the essence of that genius. I've I've tried to I've tried to be faithful to what I think Baxter wanted to say in that book. And it, and in my in my view, I hope I hope what I've done is that it's all there. Uh, that it is the book. It's faithful to the book, but in a way that's going to have great impact and power because it's 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 focused and it's in English that we can understand and easily read uh, and it has a message that is I think still relevant it's it's there's a timelessness about it um, that means it's it's still we still need it in print and and I'm just so pleased that Crossway were prepared to pick it up and publish it uh, and I just, I just hope anyone who engages with it gets a bit of Baxter, gets gets a bit of the Puritans, uh, and and just that that enriches and adds adds an an edge to their pastoral ministry in amongst all of their other reading. I mean, there's so much good stuff being published and written today on pastoral ministry. It's excellent, but here's 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 just a different voice um, and a reliable one, uh, a voice that has stood the test of time. Um, uh, the reform pastor, in one way or another, has stayed in print, and and that speaks to the value of the book. And uh, I just think it's a book we should all read. And, and I I hope I've I hope I've put it in a in a fashion that is easy to read and and faithful to the original. Well, Tim, I want to thank you for your work, and I am delighted to see it out and reissued. Not just the content itself, but even the beautiful way it's been put together. Uh, the book jacket, the entire presentation mm. is attractive. Uh, it's readable. It's accessible. It really is a fitting um, packaging for such a timeless classic work. The Reformed Pastor by Richard Baxter, 1656, but updated and abridged by Tim Cooper, released in 2021 by Crossway Books. Tim, thank you for joining me today on Preaching and Preachers. Thank you, Jason. It's It's a real pleasure. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today and for listening to Preaching and Preachers. For more information, go to my website, jasonkallen.com. That's jasonkallen.com.